0: From WSC-FM and HD1 Columbia, I'm Ward Jollis. And
1: I'm Erin Slowe. This is Localized from WSC News. The surge in cases of COVID-19 among the USC student population continued this week with over 1,400 active infections currently reported. Today, we're hearing from students Sarah Nix and Ellie Lord. They are roommates living on campus and are both dealing with COVID-19 symptoms, but only one of them has tested positive.
0: Also, we're sitting down with Daily Gamecock news editor Christine Bartriff. She and her team have been hard at work covering the spread of the virus and the university's response. This week, she's here to tell us about all of the developments this week surrounding the university's saliva testing and what led to the temporary shutdown on-demand testing sites. All this and more today on Localize. The news
2: is first. Live from WUSC News, I'm Summer Rogers. The University COVID-19 Dashboard just released the new number for the week. There are now 1,461 cases total. This rise comes after a video of TLC Sports Bar & Grill went viral last night. The video shows students packed into the bar late last night. Students say TLC is becoming the new hotspot because of its location outside of city limits where coronavirus restrictions are less strict. USC has gained national attention from the rapid increase in cases as well as the video itself. Earlier this week, President Castlin made a statement that the university will continue to test as many students as possible. Not long after, safe testing on campus came to an abrupt stop as students were turned away Thursday. WUSC's Kaden Dinkins has more.
3: This week, the university made the decision to have COVID-19 testing for students every day from 10 a.m. to noon on Davis Field in hopes to make testing more accessible. Although, on Thursday afternoon, USC's COVID-19 safe testing had to be postponed. In a statement from the university, spokesperson Jeff Stinsland said it was due to staffing shortages in the lab, but they have hopes to return to, to regular testing on Tuesday. Bates West Quarantine Unit has not reached full capacity, but today the university has added 132 quarantine and isolation rooms at this Hotel Spring Hill Suites, Columbia to assure that they are prepared to have space for more students if necessary. The COVID-19 dashboard will continue to be updated on Tuesdays and Fridays. For WUSC News, I'm Kaden Dinkins.
2: There's officially less than one month until kickoff in williams Bryce Stadium. USC released several game time announcements earlier this week. The Gamecocks will kick the season off against Tennessee at 7.30 p.m. on September 26th. The game will be aired on the SEC Network. The following week, the Gamecocks will play a noon game against the Florida Gators. Presidential elections are less than two months away and social media outlets are doing their part to educate and protect users. WUSC's Cadence Tomlinson reports.
1: Facebook's founder and CEO Mark Zuckerberg took to the social media platform earlier this week to issue a statement on the importance of voting, especially during the coronavirus pandemic. CBS reports that the move comes with the goal of helping safeguard the November election, following reports of foreign interference and the misinformation spread by the president about mail-in voting. Zuckerberg stated in his post that he would be partnering with routers and the national election pool to provide essential information about election logistics and results, putting daily voting information at the top of both Facebook and Instagram until election day. Facebook will also be blocking new political ads the week leading up to the election and removing false claims about the voting process, including those coming from the president. Cadence Tomlinson, WUSC News.
2: As the country grieves the death of actor Chadwick Boseman, his hometown of Anderson, South Carolina, honors the life of the star. A service was held last night for the Black Panther actor. Boseman was recognized worldwide for the role, but continued to give back to the community, even in his fame. Amstar Cinemas, a movie theater Bozeman once rented out for underprivileged children to watch a screening of the Black Panther, is working to pay tribute to him. The theater will be showing his old films and donating the profits to charity in his memory. The Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped 159 points today. The NASDAQ dropped 144 points and the S&P 500 dropped 28 points. Right now, it's sunny outside at 90 degrees, and we can expect a low of 75 tonight. Tomorrow will be mostly cloudy with a high of 89 and a low of 67. I'm Summer Rogers, and you're listening to WUSC News. It's 6:13. A social distancing tip.
0: Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text. Set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov.
4: Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council.
2: Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station.
1: The university announced today that campus now has over 1,400 active cases of COVID-19. Sarah Nix, a fourth-year marine science and international studies student, is one of those positive cases. She and her roommate, fourth-year public health student Ellie Lord, have both been quarantining in their dorm. Only Sarah has tested positive, but both are showing symptoms. They're here to talk to us about their experiences with, experiences with testing and living under lockdown. Thank you for joining me. How are you guys doing?
4: We're all right. Been better, but could be worse. Yes, thank you for having us.
1: Yeah. So. What made you guys want to get tested initially?
4: Uh, so I, um, I went to work on Monday, and we have to have our temperature taken every time we clock in at the office. And I had no other symptoms besides a low-grade fever. And because I had a fever, they made me leave work and recommended that I go get tested at the health center.
5: For me, I've been going before saliva lines were insane, getting tested on Mondays with the saliva spit test And there was a possibility that I had been exposed. So I was a lot more concerned for this result. And when it came back, it came back positive. So we definitely needed to go get nasal swabs. Mm -hmm.
1: So then, Sarah, tell me about what was your initial reaction when you found out that you were positive?
5: I wasn't super surprised. Um, The person I was waiting for their test to know if I was exposed or not didn't get it for seven days. So I was just being really cautious because I know I might have been exposed. And it was kind of like a relief because the symptoms that I was feeling, I knew they were positive. But it's a little harder when our nasal swabs came back and they were negative.
1: So were those tests from the university that you were at the saliva test and then the nasal test as well?
5: Both were from the university, yes. Okay.
1: And the same for you too, Ellie?
4: Yes, yeah. I, um, I had a saliva test done on Friday, last Friday, that was negative. But Monday, I didn't have a saliva test done. I just had the nasal swab. And that was at the university, and it was negative.
1: Okay. So then, Ellie, what was your initial reaction? Your roommate tests positive, and then you test negative. Do you think that's correct?
4: I I knew that if you test too early, you can get a negative um, because there's not enough virus yet to be detected on the test. So I thought that may have just been the case. And on Thursday, when I started having much worse symptoms, I went to the health center to be tested again. Mm
1: So then what was it your decision to stay in quarantine and quarantine together in your dorm?
4: Uh, Yeah, Yeah. both of us. We didn't really want to um, separate because it didn't really make sense for us to take up other quarantine housing when we had both been exposed to each other. So if one of us had it, it was really likely the other one did too.
1: So did the university reach out to you guys to see if you were interested in going to the quarantine and isolation dorms?
5: Um, We've had a really interesting relationship with the university reaching out to us. Um, We were not reached out to about moving to isolation dorms. Um, My roommate was reached out to to tell her that I would be moving, Um, but we were not contacted and we've been allowed to stay in Desertshire on the horseshoe.
1: Mm -hmm. So was that what you expected from university communications? What was your impression leading up to that point?
5: I got a lot
4: of different calls from different people in both um, the health center and the housing office. And I told them every time that, you know, it seemed more worthwhile just to stay here, but um, they didn't really seem to call Sarah at all. They called me like four or five times in the same day. And it was always someone different and always said something different, but never really told me that I had to go anywhere.
5: I was the one with a positive test and I got two calls over the first maybe four days. Um, a lot of promises for follow-up communication and then absolutely no follow-up communication. So, it's
1: accurate. so then for you, Sarah, you tested positive. Have people been checking in on you to see how you are doing?
5: Yeah, definitely a lot. I shared it with some people, so they've been reaching out very regularly to make sure that I'm all right.
1: Mm-hmm. Is Student Health Services specifically reaching out to you to see how you're doing? Because I know that's something they talked about that they are doing.
5: They've been doing it a lot more now. We're required to take a survey every single day of isolation, and they send you messages pretty much every 30 minutes um, on text and email telling you that you need to fill out the survey. And you have the option to request to talk to a nurse, which sometimes they let you talk to a nurse, sometimes they don't. Um, it really varies, but they're, they're getting better.
1: So then how is quarantine and isolation like, life like? Is it what you expected? You're in your room all day, every day.
4: It's pretty boring. not gonna lie.
5: (laughs) The first couple days I was like it's not gonna be so bad but now really restless. (laughs) We didn't go anywhere before this really other than like the grocery store and classes so it's not super different like the knowledge that you can't leave. Yeah. It's kind of hard because you run out of groceries.
1: Yeah what are you guys doing for food?
5: We don't have meal plans
4: because we're seniors so um the, the meals that they're delivering to people in quarantine, those are um, through the meal plans. We would have had to pay extra for that. So we, um, we had a lot of like groceries and food on hand already when we started isolating, but um, I have like Instacart that I've used once and um, a couple of times friends have just dropped things by the door
5: and left and we, we come get them.
1: So how long do you guys and- plan to stay in quarantine?
5: We are required to quarantine until September 10th at midnight. So, we will probably leave if we're allowed to on September 11th to enjoy some fresh air.
1: Yeah. So, what is what is something you think students should know? You're you guys are both quarantining right now. What is something you think you should kn- students should know just in general about the virus?
5: Um, that it really the safety precautions that you're taking. You can be super cautious. We. To be blunt, like we didn't go out, we didn't go downtown, we were rarely eating out, we very much wear a mask all the time and we still ended up getting it. So be really cautious and avoid these situations that you know are very likely for transmission because that just increases your likelihood of getting it.
1: Yeah, well, thank you guys so much. That's all the time we have. That was Ellie Lord and Sarah Nix, two roommates who got tested for the coronavirus. We'll be right back.
2: He would come home after a hard day and just start in on me, you know, like, hey, how was your day? How was school? What you got going on? I mean, it gave me the chills. My father would drive me all the way to the mall. He wouldn't stop until we were right in front of my friends. And oh my God. when
3: I wanted to go to Europe, and he seriously made me get a job to pay for it. And that one time...
6: He insisted on taking us to the movies, even though he knew Stephen totally worked there and I was totally in love with him. And The time I got this wicked cool scorpion tattoo on my shoulder, not even the whole arm, just the shoulder, and he grounded me for two weeks. Two weeks! And oh yeah...
0: When I wanted to major in ceramics, because I'm like way good at it, my dad told me I'd have to pay my own tuition. Like, duh. How am I supposed to earn that kind of dome making pottery? Embarrass them, horrify them, freak them out. Don't worry. They'll appreciate
1: it, eventually. A message from the National Fatherhood Initiative and the Ad
3: Council. Have you been a dad today? For more information, visit fatherhood.org.
0: you're listening to Localize from WUSC News. I'm more jollus. The situation on campus is always developing. Just this week, hundreds of more students have tested positive for COVID-19 and this has been thrusting USC into the national spotlight. Members of the news teams here at Garnet Media Group are hard at work to keep students informed during this unusual time, and Christine Bartruff is one of those members. She works on the Daily Gamecock as its news editor. Since classes began, she's been covering the university's handling of the pandemic. Today, she's here to talk with us about the week's developments with testing, quarantine space, and fears of a university closure. Christine, thanks so much for joining me today.
6: Thank you for having
0: me. All right. So, Christine, a lot of different things happening this week. But first of all, let's talk about testing. President Kaslan and other administration were touting this testing capacity that's so good the other day. And then yesterday, students go out to testing sites, find that they're all closed down. Uh, What's going on here?
6: Yes. So saliva testing on Davis Field was closed uh, yesterday and today. And um, in a letter that Caslin sent out to the entire university last night, they explained that it was because of a quote-unquote key lab staffer becoming ill. We don't know who the lab staffer is, and we don't know um, what they became ill with. We do know that saliva testing is supposed to resume Tuesday.
0: Wow, Tuesday, That that is five days. Uh, without testing that students will have to um, go with. Uh, It it seems a little strange to me that the university's lab operates only when one particular person is there. I mean, is there something else going on behind the scenes here? I mean, what have you found out? Uh, How have students taken to this news?
6: Um, So, yeah, I want to emphasize again that we don't know who the staffer is. The university hasn't gotten back to us about that. But um, if you look at Kaylee Cota, our assistant news editor, her recent coverage of the lab and its workings, we do know that there's one lab staffer that is the only one certified at USC to approve positive COVID results. Um, so that's a little bit about the, the workings of the lab. Um, but again, we don't know who the sixth staffer is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, students have to be upset about this. I mean, have you talked to any of them? What do they think?
6: So, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of uh, stuff rolling around on Twitter and other social medias. Um, especially regarding President Kaslin's comments at a recent town hall, the town hall on Wednesday. Um, he spoke a lot about the media attention that the university has received lately and talking about the testing that we've been doing and everything. And he emphasized that we do need to keep testing because that's how we're going to find the positives. But he also emphasized what he called the drawbacks of high testing because of the high media attention and high testing possibly affecting the university's ability to build public trust. And then so after the saliva testing closed on Thursday, a lot of students, some alumni and even some faculty took to Twitter to express their concerns um, about saliva testing closing, especially after Kazlin's remarks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I can only imagine. Um, OK, well, Christine, another thing a lot of people are talking about right now uh, is people have been asking about... Um, When it's time for the university to shut down, I mean, the the recent numbers were just released a short time ago. Now over 1,400 students have tested positive on campus. I mean, is there some magic number here from from administration? Are they waiting on some number to shut down?
6: So the short answer is no. Um, And the long answer is, I mean, it's a great question. This is something that I have asked administration. It's something that I've heard other journalists ask administration. And I've always been told to go to the alert level on the dashboard. That's what administration has always referred to. They believe that it's the most um, holistic measure of where the campus is at currently and what the status of the coronavirus is on campus. Um, it's made up of about 11 alert factors that include campus case burden and testing capacity among other factors. And so no, there's no really magic number that the university is waiting for that I've heard from administration. They um, keep pointing to this alert level and want people to pay attention to that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, what is the general attitude with administration right now? Are they confident that we can stay open? I mean, what, the alert level is low right now, but a lot of people are saying 1,400 cases. I mean, that's that's a big chunk of the population here at USC. Uh, what is administration, what is their attitude like right now?
6: Um, from all the town halls that I've been to, all the interviews that I've conducted um, with administration and Rick Caslin specifically, they, they are confident. I do believe that they, they want to keep the university open. That is their top priority right now um, from what I've gotten. And especially with Kaslin, he said multiple times that he doesn't want to close the university because he doesn't want to shift the responsibility for students onto the city of Columbia.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so one thing that I'm just kind of curious about, I checked the COVID-19 dashboard earlier, I'm sure multiple other people are probably wondering the same thing. Uh, The university says that we're already at over 70 percent of quarantine capacity. It's filled. Um, You know, what's going to happen if, you know, there's no more space to quarantine people here on campus?
6: Yeah, no, so that's a great question, something we've also been trying to keep updated on. Um, So the total capacity in use right now, I believe it's 72.9% on the dashboard, which is about 408 rooms that are currently being used by either quarantining or isolating students. And the interesting thing about quarantine is that this has been something that's changed since the university opened. So initially, when we started classes, we had 285 um, quarantine and isolation spaces, and that was between Bates West and the National Advocacy Center, which is um, on the humanities side of campus. And then recently, the numbers went up to 428 because the university expanded further into the National Advocacy Center. And now, the university announced today that they there's a contract with the local hotel, um, Spring Hill Suites and the Vista, and so now the total quarantine capacity is 560
0: okay okay so that's news uh christine definitely yeah um christine you know of the students you're talking to though um you know what is the general consensus here on campus i mean i know i know there was an interesting message uh directly addressing president caslin painted on russell house on monday yes um that you know took social media by storm i I mean do students think that the university should shut down right now or you know what is the general consensus here
6: um well i want to emphasize that students definitely aren't a monolith um so there's not I wouldn't say that there is a general consensus, but from a lot of the students that I've talked to, they want to stay on campus, especially a lot of the freshmen who want their first year experience. And you know, they've just moved in; they're just starting to feel welcomed into the Carolina community. They they want to stay on campus, um, but I do think I do think some students are scared, especially seeing the um, the rising case numbers. But again, this is just from the students that I've talked to, and there's a wide variety of opinions on campus.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean. You know, being a student here, the two of us, it's definitely, definitely you're right. There's not one monolith of uh, student behavior here. Speaking of which, uh, last thing before I let you go, um, I'm sure you've seen this video from SGTV that's been going viral right now. Hundreds of students packed into TLC Sports Bar and Grill last night. Uh, most without wearing masks. And a lot of them, you know, a lot of people saying these are students. Um, What's the deal here? And I mean, how are students even allowed to pack into a place like this without masks? I I don't understand it.
6: Yeah. I mean, so TLC uh, Bar and Grill is actually outside Columbia City limits. Um, And so coronavirus restrictions are less strict there. And um, I know last night, um, police did eventually show up, USCPD, USCPD and Richland County Sheriff's Department did eventually show up to um, to sort of shut things down a little bit, just because there were so many people packed into the bar.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Christine, thanks so much again for joining me today. I, it's always a pleasure to talk with you, and I really applaud the work that you and your other coworkers at The Daily Gamecock are doing. Thank you.
6: Yes, thank you so much.
0: That was Christine Bartriff. She is the news editor for The Daily Gamecock. And that does it for this episode of Localize.
1: Make sure to join us every Friday at 6 p.m. for a local take on this week's biggest stories. Localize is a production by WSC News and is produced by Mary Brian Charles and Ward Jawless.
0: The outreach coordinator for Localize is Rita Naidu, And the music for the show is called Freedom by Atch. You can find other news shows and WSC News podcast at garnetmediagroup.org. Live from WSC News in Columbia. I'm More Jealous
1: and I'm Aaron Slowey. This is Localize